Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, December 22nd, 2017. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're on page seven of Bill's story, reading the first paragraph, starting with my brother-in-law as a physician, through two paragraphs. This was the answer, self-knowledge, and we're commenting on both paragraphs. Today's readers are Reggie O, Gail B, Ashley P, and Jody EQ. The Good reference number The reference number for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, Thursday, December 21st at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard. Seven a.m. meeting. That's Friday, December twenty-second at seven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Is one zero eight two. That's ten thousand eight hundred twenty-eight. I'm sorry. That is eight two eight one zero eight two eight. Thank you. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Reggie O to please read the 12 steps. Hi, thank you, Elaine, and everyone who's on the line this morning. This is Reggie O, grateful to recover in the Los Angeles area. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, We admitted we were powerless over compulsive eating that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out, and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you very much. I will now ask Gail B. to please read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Elaine. This is Gail B., compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Gail B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be meeting, should be muted. <laughs> Today, we resume our study of the big book on page seven of Bill's story, starting with the first paragraph, my brother-in-law is a physician, reading through two paragraphs and commenting on both. I will now ask Ashley P. to begin reading. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you, Ashley. Okay. Uh, My brother-in-law is a physician, and through his kindness and that of my mother, I was placed in a nationally known hospital for the mental and physical rehabilitation of alcoholics. 
Under the so-called belladonna treatment, my brain cleared. Hydrotherapy and mild exercise helped much. Best of all, I met a kind doctor who explained that, though certainly selfish and foolish, I had been seriously ill bodily and mentally. It relieved me somewhat to learn that in alcoholics, the will is amazingly weakened when it comes to combating liquor, though it often remains strong in other respects. My incredible behavior in the face of a desperate desire to stop was explained. Understanding myself now, I fared forth in high hope. For three or four months, the goose hung high. I went to town regularly and even made a little money. Surely this was the answer, self-knowledge. Um, yeah, so that's the, uh, these are some really important paragraphs and, and that, that last line is, um, is kind of the kicker. Um, so this, this makes me think of uh, my life uh, for a long time, but especially three years ago. Um, I actually have some physicians in my family as well. And, and because of some people that, that they knew, I went to a few different treatments. Um, and at the last one, uh, there were some helpful sort of life tools that were solidified. Um, so uh, I've, I've shared on this line before that that was uh, an eating disorder treatment and, you know, a, a bunch of things were helpful. Um, I was put on a meal plan and, and I began to understand how to eat and feed myself regularly, eat three meals a day and um, a few snacks and um, like Lake Bill, where he says mild exercise helped much, I began to exercise uh, regularly, but but not compulsively. Well, less compulsively. <laughs> um, and I got a job, and and I was really really deep in in therapy, and so I would have these periods where I felt a lot better, and um, and I and I had a lot of hope, like what Bill is is talking um, about here for three or four months, the goose hung high. Um, but the the problem, of course, is this last sentence. Surely this is the answer, self-knowledge, um, because all those periods ended actually in me um, feeling completely suicidal and, and feeling unsafe and um, ending up in the local psych ward 5150 and and the reason was because I just had this head that was full of self-knowledge and um, this just like fervent belief that with that knowledge, um, I had to fix myself and, and I couldn't. Um, and, and the, the push to try and fix myself and then the disappointment when I, I just, I just couldn't, that, that despair just kind of, took over um but the reason why i can't is because i'm an addict and it's because i'm sick not not because i'm weak um and i'm i'm still sort of really working on fully understanding that in in my heart that it's not because i'm weak uh it's because i have a disease um and that it's it's not my fault um, but I don't want to get sort of lost in that. All all I can do with that then is put one foot in front of the other um, and, and work these steps um, to the very best of my ability um, and, and 
be of service. And um, then uh, I just turn the, I, I am able to turn the rest over because I know that I'm doing my part. And um, with that, I just want to welcome all the newcomers and, and thank everybody. And um, I pass. Thank you very much, Ashley P. Who would like to comment on those two paragraphs today? Kelly S. Kelly S. Kathleen O. Roz. Roz G. Kathleen O. Roz G. And Wendy. I heard Wendy S. I heard Donna and I heard Katie, I think. Caddy? Kelly T. Oh, Penny T. All right. Kelly, Kelly. Uh, Tammy, okay, and uh, Heather H. And Heather, okay, let's stop with that. I have Kelly S., Kathleen O., Roz G., Wendy M., Donna, I'm going to ask again for your last name, uh, Kenny T., and Heather, and I'll ask again for the first initial of your last name as well. Kelly S., please go ahead, followed by Kathleen O., Thank you so much. This is Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Oklahoma. Um, yeah, Bill's story, I so relate to this, you know, um, and I know that, you know, we've all been talking about this since we started his story that, you know, the important thing is here is I need to learn how to identify in, you know, that I think like Bill thought, that I feel like Bill felt, and I just always like to repeat that because I never heard that, you know, when I first started reading this, and I've been around for 30-something years, and, um, you know, I was always looking for a way out. But anyway, I did think like Bill, and I felt like Bill. And this is my experience, too. You know, um, probably the worst time for me was coming in 30 years ago, and now I know the answer, you know, the 12 steps. Uh, well, what I thought was, I thought it was the OA program, right? But I didn't understand what the program really was. And so, you know, he talks about getting out of the alcohol. And, you know, it says, you know, we have a physical allergy and a mental obsession. Well, I only understood that, you know, we had this physical allergy, so I'd get abstinent. You know, I'd put the food down and I'd use all my tools, and I would be better for a little bit. But the problem was, you know, I didn't really understand. Oh, my God, sorry. My phone did a weird sound if you all heard that. But anyway, um, so, uh, you know, I'd get, I'd get abstinent for a while, but I didn't take care of the mental state, you know, the, the, the twist of the mind. I didn't understand that, you know. And if, that, if, if my physical allergy alone would have been the problem, you know, I'd have been fixed, but it wasn't, you know. And so I just kept trying to be abstinent. I kept trying to think abstinent was the, the answer. And, um, and then I'd always be back because I didn't understand. You know, I didn't understand myself. The problem was I thought I understood myself, you know. I became closed-minded and thinking I knew what I knew. And so when I started listening to Vision for You about five years ago, which I feel like was my Ebby, and this book was cracked open, and I learned that it wasn't just about the physical allergy, that I had this mental twist of the mind and a spiritual malady and started working this program like it's laid out in this big book, you know, um, I was able to, and you know, I started saying the set-aside prayer because being around 30-something years and just sure I knew everything I knew and I have four big books and blah, 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 you know, it kept me stuck. And so I'm so grateful that, you know, when I came in here and this book was cracked open by you guys and I heard the first person who said, you know, think like, did you think like Bill? Did you feel like Bill? Yes, this was me, you know. I'd get abstinent, I'd start feeling better, and then I didn't take care of the real problem, the spiritual problem. 
and then I'd be driven back to the food every time because food and eating was a step up to the way I was feeling abstinent, which was hell if I wasn't working a spiritual solution. And so, so grateful that my self-knowledge finally got out of the way and I was able to, you know, turn this over and, and have an open mind and do this program like it was laid out originally meant to be. And so with that, I will pass. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, Kelly S. Kathleen O., you're up next, followed by Roz G. Good morning. Thank you, Elaine. And good morning, everyone. It's nice to be on the line this morning. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. So best of all, I met a kind doctor who explained that those, those certainly selfish and foolish, I had been seriously ill bodily and mentally. And I just want to focus a little bit on those words, certainly selfish and foolish. So my grandmother used to use that word all the time. She used to tell us to stop being so foolish. And it's not really used much, but it's, you know, a lack of common sense or judgment, idiotic. I've also heard it as um, half-baked and harebrained. And um, selfish is lacking consideration for others, concerned primarily with oneself and one's own personal profit or pleasure. And, you know, those are like little hidden words in there, but that is a big part of my problem. And I have a twofold disease, um, and I'm ill bodily and mentally, but selfishness is also a problem. And, you know, the mental obsession is the part of our problem which leads to the first bite. And the first bite will always trigger the phenomenon of craving. But, you know, what triggers that phenomenon, that, that mental obsession in the first place? Um, you know, I know someone who had been abstinent for 20 years and took the bite. So... You know, it's, and, and to me, it's one of the reasons is selfishness. And on page 62, selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. And most of my resentments are due to being selfish. So I really have to pay attention to those. But, um, you know, the self-knowledge, surely this was the answer, self-knowledge. Self-knowledge is not the answer. I read hundreds of articles and books attempting to figure out my problem. And I had a lot of willpower. Um, I would frequently follow the directions of books or doctors or pay and weigh programs. And you know what? They would work. I'd stop eating and I'd lose weight. But the self-knowledge I'd learned did not keep me stopped. Um, they didn't stop me from picking up. So self-knowledge is good, but it's not enough when it comes to being, you know, addicted to food, being a compulsive overeater. It's not enough. And so if the pain of living with this disease is greater than the pain of living without it, then follow the directions in this, in this book, get a sponsor, because the solution is in these pages. And for me, you know, my worst day abstinent is always so much better than any, than any good day I ever had in the food. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kathleen O. Raj G., you're up next, followed by Wendy M., Thank you for your service, everybody. Good morning. My name is Roz G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles County. And what I'd like to hone in on is the I met a kind doctor and self-knowledge. I read, just like the previous shares, <laughs> I read so many books by movie stars and doctors. And, uh, you know, Oprah, um, Dr. Phil, uh, this the lady from Taxi. I forgot her name, but you know, uh, Su Suzanne Summers. You know, they they surely they had the answer because they were popular. They made a lot of money. They were on TV. Um, they had the answer. And I too met a kind doctor who wasn't a movie star, 
Uh, he had a little weight loss building in San Fernando on the little um, downtown strip there. And it was so, so kind. And he was, he had, it was an herbologist. And so I went in there and I got a whole a month's worth of herbs and, and, and powders. And um, I, of course it worked for a while, but you know, that craving, all, some of that stuff probably had sugar on it. And eventually the craving got to me and I gained weight again. Um, and then I went on the Dr. Phil show and I got, there were two books that I got for Dr. from Dr. Phil. One of them was from a guest he had. And then later I went on his show um, as a guest, like, you know, that they interviewed as a person who had went over on, you know, over 20 diets. And then, then he gave me his book on weight loss and uh, I read it of course and tried it. And, you know, you guys know the answer movie stars and um, doctors and even a doctor movie star (laughs) were not the answer. This blessed book has changed my life. And I don't know if I shared this yesterday, but I was at a party the other night where somebody told me how good I looked. And I'm not saying that to be bragging, but what what I got out of it was to say thank you and to focus on what she had to say about her life versus me and at the me being at the dessert table. And uh, tonight I'm having a gathering at my house where, you know, a lady who sells uh, cooking products is coming and she's going to have a little cake decorating session. And I'm not going to ruin it for my guests by saying, I don't eat that. We can't have that here. I'm going, well, God willing, I'm going to just focus on the singers, the quartet that's coming to my house, the guests that are coming, focusing on the relationships and providing a nice warm place for everybody to come and enjoy themselves. And that's because I live a spiritual life from this blessed book, which is my um, roadmap for living, for living, and way more than that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Roz G. Wendy M., you're up next, followed by Donna. Uh, yes, good morning. It's Wendy M., uh, gratefully recovered in Colorado. And um, I thank God for the absence I have this morning. It is such a gift. And uh, Elaine, thank you very much for your service and everybody else on the line. And I just want to start by telling you guys that I'm at peace today. Like I feel such a deep sense of peace. And that's the deal. Like I've even heard people say, what's abstinence? Well, abstinence, entire abstinence, but abstinence is being at peace. And I love that because, you know, even in a program, even sponsoring people, vision, the whole bit, um, I can be crazy, nuts. And I, I, anyways, I just wanted to start with like, I'm at peace today and I'm so grateful. It's a very deep, quiet um, place to be. Lovely. Um, the, I want to focus on, of course, self-knowledge. And I spent years analyzing the heck out of everything. Um, why I ate, you know, sitting with a therapist in Los Angeles, spending lots of money, didn't solve it figuring out why I ate, um, you know, and if I can analyze something, I could, I, I could fix it. I can control it. I used to analyze the heck out of relationships with guys. If I could just analyze the heck out of it, that would work. Um, and that would, that would solve all my problems, of course. And um, they say that um, this is not a program for people who want it. It's not a program for people who need it. It's a pro- program for people who do it. And that's really what I, I want to focus in on is that this is a program of action, 
And when I take action, when I'm not analyzing, because my head is telling me nonsense all the time. It's making up reality and scaring me. So when I am into action, I get to God immediately. When I pick up that phone and listen to what your problems are, or I, I call and tell you about mine, or whatever the action is, taking a step, talking to a sponsee this morning for an hour on a fifth step, I get to God every time. And that's really the goal, you know, and it's not enough to read the book. It's really not like I can read the doctor's opinion again and again and again, but that's not going to quote fix it, right? I have to do the program. I have to do what it says, be entirely abstinent um, from, you know, my, my alcoholic food, sugar, fake sugars and, and flour. Um, I have to do the program. And you know what? I get to do the program because the more I do something, the more I'm going to do it. The more I make 10-step calls, the more I'm going to do it. The more I'm writing in the morning, the more I'm going to write in the morning. The more I read the literature, whatever it is, work with another sponsee. The, work, the more I work with a sponsee, I probably want to work with another sponsee. It's contagious, you know, because it feels fabulous to get to God. It feels phenomenal to get to God. And the only way I know to get to God is action, program of action, not a program of thinking. And, um, whew how grateful I am today. So thanks for letting me share it. And I um, send you guys tons of love. I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wendy M. Donna, may we please have the first initial of your last name and Kenny T will be up right after you. Hi, this is Donna P as in Paul, um, recovered in New Jersey. Um, thank you for letting me give service by sharing. Um, of course, the words that are coming out to me are self-knowledge and I just want to say that there were so many times in the past when I'm working my program and I let my self-knowledge get in the way of my recovery. And what I mean by that is I'm a person who was recovered. I was sponsoring. Um, I felt like I was living in victory. I was close to my higher power. I lost a very large amount of weight and people were like commenting on the difference in me. And then, you know, life kicked me in the bottom and I picked up and I would say to myself, well, wait a minute. Okay, I'm fine. I know how to do this. I know how to read the doctor's opinion and, you know, whatever. And I would seek a sponsor and I would like, okay, this is what she's going to ask me to do next. And, and it was just like, it was just like, you know, busy work for me until I really truly began to see that if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. And I there was one sponsor I spoke to, a potential sponsor, and she said, well, you know, I don't do it that way. And I thought to myself, oh, well, she's not doing it right. And I'm thinking to myself, who are you to tell her the way to do anything right? Because you're a person who picked up after this many, many months. You know, my self-knowledge was not enough. It's only God's grace and God's provision for abstinence that is enough for us. It's only through the grace of our higher power that we're given this 24-hour, you know, reprieve from our symptoms. And I have to, like the other person said previously, say the set-aside prayer and say, God, what is it that you want me to see for this season of my life? Why is it that I, with what I thought I knew, was picking up? So a person who's recovered, just don't let what you think you know about the program stand in stand in the way of what God wants to show you today. Always be willing to have your higher power reveal to you the new directions for the day. And I'm trying to let that be my reality today. 
Thank you so much for letting me share. Everyone have a great day. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thank you, Donna P. Great shares today. Um, Kenny T., you're up next, followed by Heather. Hi, my name is Kelly T., K-E-L-L-Y. Thank you, Kelly. Sorry about that. Uh, It's okay. Um, Wow, this paragraph brought me back to before program when I was, uh, when I realized that I was anorexic at one point in my life, and I was like, oh, knowledge, oh, I'm anorexic, oh, I'm a, um over-exercise bulimic, blah, blah, blah. And I would spend so much hours um, trying to find the solution to my problem because I I know that I'm, I, I am sick. And now that I know I'm sick, I know I could um, save myself from this. And this um, lie, this mental obsession that I know better than anything else, that I could um, recover by myself, that I don't need any other help, that I'm I'm God, basically. And it just brought me back to where I used to be and where I would never want to go back to. And it's it's just amazing to read these words and to start the morning right, you know. And uh, today I'm like, yeah, I'm self-knowledge. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm no longer on the way. I've been on a healthy way for since I've been working um, Vision for You nine months in, and it's just been a beautiful journey. I, I'm self-knowledge. It doesn't mean that I get, I get to say, oh, I know this and that. I really don't. I'm just a human being. I'm not God. And it just reminds me that I need to stay humble to work the program so I could hear my higher power and hear it through other people. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, Kelly T. Heather, you're up next. May we please have the first initial of your last name? Yeah, good morning, everyone. This is Heather H. Uh, H is in hotel. May I be heard? Yes, we hear you fine. Thank you. Okay, hello everyone. This is Heather, recovered compulsive eater and food addict in Baltimore, Maryland. So grateful to be on the line. I've been listening for years, never been able to share. Um, even went to the convention and just, you know, I've seen how following these directions exactly as they're laid out um, has changed my life and really allowed me to be recovered. So I love where it says, you know, understanding myself now, I fared forth in high hope for three or four months, the goose hung high. I went to town regularly and even made a little money. Surely this was the answer, self-knowledge. So Bill's leaving this hospital. He feels like he knows himself. He knows he's an alcoholic. He knows he can't pick up. He'll be fine. And, you know, in the next few paragraphs, we learn it's the complete opposite. He just sinks deeper and deeper into the disease. And I can so relate to this, coming to OA, figuring out that compulsive eating was a thing, that it was a disease, that I couldn't have my alcoholic foods, that I needed to do this food plan, even working the steps. But I hadn't completely surrendered. You know, I hadn't completely given up my alcoholic foods, and it didn't work. And I've learned through this program, self-knowledge is not my answer, it's my problem. You know, anything with self, self self-knowledge, self-will, self is my problem. The answer is God. I don't need self-knowledge, I need God-knowledge. You know, I don't need self-will, I need God's will. And the rest of the book, you know, really lays out how I get that. So um, I just wanted to share that. Again, so grateful for being on the line. Um, With that, I'll pass, and thank you all for letting me share. Thank you very much, Heather H. 
So for those of you who joined us a little late, we, we are on page seven of Bill's story. We're in the first paragraph, starting with my brother-in-law is a physician. We're reading and commenting on two paragraphs, ending with this was the answer, self-knowledge. Who'd like to comment on those two paragraphs? Jody EQ. Sherry Jody KB. EQ. Sherry KB. Kathy G. Gareth. Gareth M. Kathy G. Garrison M. And I heard somebody C, and I think that's all the time we have. Rebecca P. Rebecca. Chris G. Carson Chris, City, Nevada. Chris, I'm not sure if we'll have time for you, but I'll add you okay. just in case we do, okay? Thank you. Okay. So we've got Jody EQ, Sherry KB, Kathy G, Garrison M, Rebecca T, and Chris T. If there is time, please go ahead, Jody. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in California this winter day. So I was never placed in a hospital. I never did go to treatment. I think it might have been really nice for me if I had to learn. I, what I did do is I went to nutrition school and I became a nutrition consultant thinking that if I knew, if I understood what was going on with me, it would control, you know, I could control my food. And I can remember going to those classes and coming home and on the way home, stopping and getting, you know, binge food and binging. So obviously that was not the answer and that didn't take me long to figure that out. Um, so knowledge is not enough. It, it can be helpful to know how to eat. Uh, it's helpful to get a good food plan and follow it for sure. I need nutrition. For years, I starved myself um, just to control my weight, and that certainly wasn't helpful. That came before the binging started. Restricting came first for me, then the binging. No, what I need is a spiritual solution, which all of you have so eloquently said. I need these 12 steps. I need to work them not just once. I need to work them for the rest of my life. Because I have a great forgetter, uh, and it's very easy for me to to relapse into self-pity, self-centeredness, and fear. And those just take me spiraling down, and eventually I will pick up if I don't pull myself up out of that and use these steps on a daily basis. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody EQ. Sherry KB, you're up next, followed by Kathy G. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Um, thank you so much for your service, Elaine, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. And, um, you know, I really wanted to address the newcomers today because I've been listening to everybody and listened to the earlier meeting. and. You know, we're on the line because we're talking about a spiritual experience because we have a spiritual malady. Uh, we're not here to uh, reform you or convert you. Uh, this is about understanding the disease of compulsive overeating. For me, I didn't know that I had a, a mental obsession, a physical allergy of the body that, that 
separated me from people who are normal eaters. And all my life, I, you know, I thought if I just had the right knowledge, the right information, that I'd be okay. And in this book, it's explaining to me why self-knowledge is going to avail me nothing with my defense against this disease. I can't do it. I can't do it by myself. This is the bottom line for me, and that no human aid is going to be able to help me. Um, you know, I'm so grateful that it is being explained in this book. So if you don't understand what it means to be a compulsive overeater, please continue to call in or read this book and talk to somebody else who's been through this book because it will help you to understand your disease and stop beating yourself up for it and uh, to get recovery and to get recovered from the mental obsession and the physical allergy of the body. And for, you know, I was on a pink cloud for a really long time thinking I knew what to do now. I've got this one. Thank you very much. See ya. And, uh, you know, every time it came back. So let me save you years' worth of heartache. Stick, stick in this book. Get a sponsor. Work the steps. Get unblocked. Connect with a higher power. Full reliance on a higher power on a spiritual level, a personal one-on-one relationship with a higher power of your understanding. And you will have this thing because we live in this book every day and work the steps, and it is changing lives. It's changed mine. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sherry KB. Kathy G., you're up next, followed by Garrison M., It may be KDG. I wrote it down quickly. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much. This is Kathy G. from Illinois, gratefully recovering today. And I so appreciate the wisdom on the line today. Um, it's been so helpful and so insightful and uh, just helps me to know I'm not alone yet again, which is a great feeling today. Um, I just wanted to say that as I read this, I, I was thinking back on different parts of my life with this illness of compulsive overeating and for me, bulimia. And, you know, I was in a treatment center. I'd been in a psych ward of a hospital. I had gone through, you know, just like everybody else, just really experiencing every kind of diet or self-knowledge, every book, every show, every talk. Um, and I always felt like there was just something so weak about me. I even remember somebody had mentioned celebrities. And I remember watching this one Oprah uh, interview with this author who was just talking about if we could just love ourselves and eat whatever we want, you know, and eventually we'll, we'll tire of it. And if you just allow yourself to eat chocolate chip cookie dough and, you know, feel just love yourself. And I, I really tried these things, and I, I thought, does this really work for people? Um, the only thing that has worked for me is that I is what's working right now, is working the steps in this book as they're outlined. And I have more abstinence than I've ever had as an adult. And the knowledge that is truly helping me is of the specific foods that trigger the allergy, that trigger the mental obsession. Because by the grace of God, I have stepped outside of the obsession. And if I notice anything unusual in my body, any sense of fogginess, any sense of depression, or any of these old symptoms coming in, I look back on my food for the day. I'll look into ingredients. I'll talk to my sponsor. I'll call some people from the program 
and I'll just remove them from my list. And that's what's helping me because as people have said, if we don't have that obsession, we don't have to pick up the first bite. So, so truly grateful to be abstinent today, to be with all of you and recovering. Thanks so much for your service. I pass. Thank you, Kathy G. Garrison M., you're up next, followed by Rebecca T. Star one to unmute Garrison. Okay, she may be having trouble getting on the line. Rebecca T., would you like to go ahead and, and speak, and we'll come back for Garrison? Okay, did you say me, Rebecca P.? Yeah, yes, please go ahead and we'll call, we'll give Garrison another opportunity when you're done, okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you. This is Rebecca P., um, recovering compulsive overeater. And um, this is interesting because self-knowledge is something that I've always thought would help. And... uh, Recently, I found out that that's not true because um, I know all about the 12 steps. I've gone through them. I've, uh, I know about the mental obsession. I know about, uh, I know a lot about the big book. But um, if I don't do them, it doesn't do me any good. Um, it's not enough just to know it and then say, well, if I do such and such a step, it should produce this type of mindset in me. And then I try to get that mindset, but it doesn't help. You have to actually do the things in the, uh, in the big book. And um, I've, I've always believed since I was young that there is always somebody has written a book on how to do whatever it is you want to do. I mean, um, all the way from being assertive to uh, painting a wall. Um, If I find the right book and I read it, I'll be able to do it. And um, that's gone through most of my life. And uh, I've read books about binge eating disorder. I've read books about compulsive overeating. And I think I also read the book that says, eat whatever you want, and uh, eventually you'll get tired of it, and that'll cure it. Uh, That didn't work. (laughs) But um, I, I am finally getting a handle on doing it, actually doing it. Now, I haven't succeeded perfectly yet, but um, if I um, actually do put down the food, if I actually do do my morning meditations and my uh, um, calling of, you know, carrying the message to newcomers, and um, if I actually do the work, that's what's going to help me. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, think this way and get this attitude and everything will be all right. You actually have to, this is a program of action and you actually have to do 
the things. You have to get out there, get a sponsor, do the steps, uh, make outreach calls. Oh, thank you. And so forth. And that's the only way you're going to be able to get the promises of the program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rebecca P. Garrison M. Are yes. you available? Hi. Hi. Can you hear me now? Hi. Yes, I can. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you. Okay. I am recovering in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I often have a hard time unmuting on my phone. Um, so I just called back in. Um, yeah, I um, I, I want to lean into um, God's knowledge for me instead of my own knowledge about myself. Um, and also my, you know, my sort of knowledge about my um, compulsion and my addiction um, has at times in the past like spilled over and I've thought like I know, you know, about my mom's addictions or my husband's addictions and, um, you know, my mom has, uh, you know, has eating disorders. She's coming into my, she's coming into town today in a little while and I just want to be like humble and grateful for my life and my recovery and like keep my eyes off of her food or her lack of food. Um, you know, I um, I have gotten into trouble in the past. You know, my main problem lies between my ears. And when I think I know a bunch about, you know, um, my own eating, you know, um, you know, I I stray away like that, like like in Bill's story. It's like I've, you know, I've got this now. I've got it, um, and and uh, and I get confident, and that's not where I. It doesn't. It doesn't serve me. Um, also, you know, my mental um, obsession about, um, you know, just I need I need food to make me feel better. You know that my old old idea about like food is going to make me feel better. It's going to comfort me. You know, my mom's going to get on my nerves, and food's going to comfort me. That is old thinking, um, and it's not the way of life that I want today, and it's not the way of life that I've been working for. And I may have an opportunity to do my ninth step with her this weekend, which I'm hopeful about. And, um, I mean, I should have an opportunity. I can't see why I wouldn't. Um, so, you know, I'm working those amends, and um, I just want to commit to um, working my tenth step as well. So thank you, everybody, and have a great uh, great day, great holiday. Yes. Thank you very much, Garrison. Um, and so we do have time for you, Chris G., you're up next. Can I be heard? This is Chris G. from Carson City, Nevada. Yes, please go ahead. Thank you, and please give me time me because I'm terrible about that. Okay, hydrotherapy and um, and mild exercise helped much. Best of all, I met a kind doctor who explained the th- that Though certainly selfish and foolish, I had been seriously ill bodily and mentally. Okay, here it's all said very gently in one sentence. It really comes down to selfish, self-centeredness and foolishness for me, um, because truthfully, um, I'm a very, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly 
um, intelligent. I'm educated. I, like many other people on the line today, have, you know, um, done more research than anybody should ever spend time doing nutritionally. I'm a type 1 diabetic. It's not like I don't know how to eat. To be healthy, to be all of those things, and it didn't matter. I was constantly trying to figure out how I could get more and get away with it. That was it. It was not or get away with it. It was eat more and get away with it. I am the prime example of I want to eat what I want to eat and still be skinny, i.e. I became a what they for probably 25 plus years have now deemed diabolemic. And if you're not aware of that, you run high blood sugars to quote unquote piss off your excess weight. And I was about 13 when I figured that one out. And I thank God I'm not dead. I thank God I don't weigh 300 pounds today. Um, I have a solid 50-pound weight loss that I have kept off for a long time. I've been in program a long time, and I so thank Vision today. And I thank my previous sponsors years and years and years ago that tried to get me to read the big book. You know, I was young when I came in, but I was so mentally immature um, I'm embarrassed at how long it took me to realize the answers are in this book, and I am so grateful to people in vision that I didn't know were in vision when I said, hey, I need a new sponsor. Do you have any suggestions that said, here, call her? And I, I am so grateful to my sponsor right now. And this book, and you guys, like, I'm bummed. I had a dentist appointment really early yesterday, so I couldn't get on the line, and I forgot that I wasn't on the line. And you guys said, okay, we're on page seven. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, I missed today. So I had to go back really quick and read it so that I'm on track with you guys because now that I've moved all my sponsees so that I can listen from seven to eight, Monday through Friday, I get really upset if I have to miss a day. I am so grateful to you guys, and thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Chris G. Glad you were able to uh, to share today, too. And thank you, everybody who shared. We're going to transition the meeting now by reading from the big book on page 164, but please stay because we'll be welcoming newcomers and have announcements and give sponsors a chance to leave their number as well. Will Jody E.Q. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Elaine, for your service. Jody E.Q., Gratefully Recovered Bulimic in California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit 
and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. 